Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, we want to look tonight at this uh, second part of this series that I've been looking at and ministering on, Faith looks beyond. Faith looks beyond. Now, very often uh, when faith is talked about or preached about or spoken about, uh, very often people try to quantify it. Great faith, little faith, no faith. And, and certainly those are in the Word. And, I, and I've taught about that, dimensions of faith and and, and, and uh, uh, amounts of faith. But there's something that you have to, to understand as we look into this tonight. Is this, that great faith is measured by my respect for and my response to the Word of God. Great faith is measured by my respect for and my response to the Word. All right? Let's look at a few scriptures here tonight in, in the beginning, and then we'll get into the, the meat of what I want to talk about. In Luke 17, uh, verse 5 and 6, it says, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Now, again, very often when discussing faith and talking about faith, uh, people want to focus on the size of faith. All right? Well, Jesus said that if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, that you would say, this sycamine tree and it be plucked up by the root and it should obey you. Amen. Now in Matthew 14, let's look at a couple things. Matthew 14 and verse 28. This is when Jesus was walking on the water. Notice something here. And Peter answered him, and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and cried, beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of, notice, little faith, wherefore did you doubt? Now, wait a minute. Peter has just walked on the water, and Jesus said that was little faith. So Peter walked on the water with little faith. 
Little faith is simply hand-holding faith. Little faith is following faith. Amen. And you should follow people. The Bible says, uh, be followers of them who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. And so we should follow. But I want to grow my measure of faith because there may come a day that God asked me to do something nobody else has ever done. And I've got to step out and do it on my own faith. Amen. But here's the point. Peter walked on the water with little faith. Little faith. Now, in uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 25. Matthew 15, verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said unto her, Woman, notice, great is your faith. Be it unto you as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So notice Jesus said this woman had great faith. Amen. Why? She just took Jesus at his word and believed it. So Peter had Little faith that he could walk on the water with. And this woman had great faith. Now, if you look at Luke chapter 7. Luke 7. And we'll start here in verse 6. It says, then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not, not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come to you, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man set under authority. Having under me soldiers, and I say to one, go, and he goes, to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these words, he marveled at him and turned him about and said to the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So notice, Peter walked on the water with little faith. The woman that did not have a right to come to Jesus, but yet she did anyway, Jesus said you have great faith. But here he says, this is the greatest faith. The revelation that transformed my life was this. The greatest faith is a faith that needs no other evidence than what the Lord has said. Than what the Word says. That's the greatest faith. Great faith is measured by your respect for and your response to the Word. How do you respond to the Word? See, Peter stepped out of the boat on little faith and walked on the water for a period of time. Nobody that you know has ever walked on the water. Nobody. 
But Peter did it, and he did it with little faith. But yet, when he looked around and saw the wind and saw the waves, the effect of the wind on the water, that effect, that visual overrode his little faith. And he began to sink. This woman that did not have a covenant with Jesus, Jesus said it's not right to take what belongs to the children and give it to those that don't have a covenant. And she said, that's the truth, Lord, but even those without a covenant get the crumbs. Amen. So she said, you're right. I am a little dog, but look, little dogs sit under the table and get the crumbs. And Jesus said, for this one one, uh, gospel says, for this statement, go your way, your daughter's well. Because that was a statement of faith. I believe you love me. I believe you care about people. I believe you want to help me. And Jesus said, that's great faith. But then he encounters his centurion and he says, this is the greatest faith. The greatest faith is faith that needs no other evidence than thus saith the word of the Lord. That's it. Great faith is just simply faith that will act on God's word without any evidence that anything's working or anything's going the way it's supposed to go. It's just faith that will act on what God said regardless. Faith looking beyond. Amen. And so in Hebrews eleven six, we want to look at a few things about faith tonight. Which is appropriate because we're faith builders. We are essential. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hebrews 11.6. Notice it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Excuse me. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and, as Pastor Michelle emphasized this morning, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, notice this. There is no pleasing God without faith. Amen. There are people that are are against faith. They're against the faith message. And here's the issue. They're against what pleases God. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, we'll get into why as we move forward. Now, notice in Hebrews 10 and 38. It says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back from what? Living by faith. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. So if I draw back my life, God gets no pleasure out of it. If I draw back, God gets no pleasure out of my life. Uh, Other translations say shrink back or turn back. The Roost Bible says we are not of the shrinking back kind. So... The writer of Hebrews says, The just live by faith, but if any man draw back from living by faith, 
My soul gets no pleasure in him. Now, back in Hebrews 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony. What was it? That he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. Now notice that these verses do not say that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that do not exist. It's not what it says. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen yet. Not seen yet. All right? Faith is the evidence of things we haven't seen yet. This is why faith looks beyond. All right? These things already exist. We just haven't seen them yet. I haven't seen them yet. They already exist. Amen. The world was not created out of nothing. It was created out of something that did not appear yet. Now you'll hear some people minister and people say, they'll say, well, God created what we see out of nothing. No, he did not. It says right here in verse 3 that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made out of things which do appear. It does not say things that did not exist. It said they do not appear. They did not appear. They weren't visible, but yet they existed. Amen. Just because you can't see something does not mean it doesn't exist. Now, I know that sounds simple, but if you were to put a partition up between uh, uh, myself and you, between me and the camera, all right, and you can't see me, I'm still here. You can hear my voice. I exist. But if you follow that line of thinking, like some people say, God created what we see out of nothing. No, he created it out of materials that already exist. They just weren't seen. I may not be seen, but I'm still here. Amen. Faith is not an option. Uh, Jude Verse 3 says we should earnestly contend for the faith. Amen. Meaning that there's, there's 
Faith is something that I should always be going after. Faith is something that I should already always be contending for. I should always be building my faith, always strengthening my faith. In the book of Luke chapter 18 and verse 8, Jesus said, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? So faith is not an option. Amen. Faith is a lifestyle. It's the way the redeemed, that's us, are supposed to live. We're supposed to live by faith. That's how the redeemed live. Well, one of the principles of living by faith is that faith looks beyond. Faith looks at things that are not seen yet. And we'll get into that in a few moments. Hallelujah. Um, let me say this. You know, very often, uh, well, let me use this illustration. Uh, when someone's believing for healing, they need healing in their body. I've had people come to me and, and say these words. Well, I just want to feel better. Okay. But are you healed now? Well, you know, I believe, but I just want to feel better. No, wait a minute. Are you healed right now? All right. Now, if they say yes, then what does feeling have to do with it? Because if you say that you'll believe you're healed when you feel better, then there's no reason for faith. Because it takes no faith to believe you're better if you feel better. Right? Faith looks beyond what is presently to what is already done. Faith takes as real Bible fact that Jesus bore our sicknesses and our diseases and that with His stripes we are healed. Right? Faith sees everything that God promised you as done. We don't see it yet. But if I stay in faith, I will see it. I will receive it. Why? Because faith is the substance, the evidence of the, the picture that I have, which I should be getting from the Word of God. Right? I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. Whatever it may be. Faith is the substance of what I'm hoping for, the evidence or the proof of things not seen yet. My faith is the proof that I'm going to walk in that. Amen. Amen. Faith does not use statements like, this has got to change right now. No, faith already sees it as changed. Amen. See, am I helping you all? You cannot 
speak the problem and speak faith at the same time. Because faith looks beyond the problem. It doesn't deny the problem, but it looks beyond the problem. You can't say, well, I believe I'm healed, but I just don't know why I'm so weak. Well, I believe I'm healed, but I don't have any strength. Well, I believe I'm healed, but I just don't feel good. Now, but wait a minute. If I believe I'm healed, strength will come. Glory to God. If I believe I'm healed, lack of pain will show up. But I've got to believe I'm healed first. Faith looks beyond. When, uh, when Jesus put clay in the blind man's, man's eyes, and then he told him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. One of the greatest uh, illustrations, one of the greatest lessons on how to see things come to pass in your life are the following words about that blind man. It says this, So he went and washed and came forth seeing. Amen. Faith looks beyond. That man's faith looked beyond what, he, what was going on. I'm still blind. He put mud in my eyes. I'm still blind. I still can't see. But his faith said, If I will go wash... I will come forth seeing. You have to take the actions that faith needs you to take in order to see the results that faith wants to bring into your life. Amen. So faith is a lifestyle. It's how we are supposed to live. Faith is a spiritual force that deals with the spiritual realm just like our senses deal with the physical realm. My sight, my hearing, my smelling, my touching, my tasting, those all deal with the physical realm. Faith is that spiritual force, that spiritual organ that deals with the spiritual realm like our senses deal with the physical realm. Faith contacts the spiritual world. Because that world exists. If we could see it the way it it is, there's a very thin layer between the temporal and the eternal. Faith is that spiritual organ, that spiritual hand that reaches into that eternal arena and brings to us what we're believing for. Glory to God. Amen. Fear, for instance, is a spiritual force. I I, I ministered this morning. You can't tolerate any level of fear because fear is a spirit. It's not a feeling. It's not a, it's not, it's, you know, it's not a phobia. It's a spirit. And, And we have not been given the spirit of fear. But here's what I want you to see. It's a spiritual force. If you can understand how to fear, you can understand how to faith. Amen. Because how does a person fear? 
They just, they just enter into it and they begin to be afraid. And what happens? They, they reach into another arena. And according to Job, the thing you fear will come on you. Amen. When you begin to worry about the thing you fear, listen to me, you're releasing negative faith. Worry is negative faith that what you fear is going to happen. Amen. So when someone says, well, I just don't know, I'm just worried about this, what they're saying, whether they know it or not, is I'm releasing negative faith for that. Because what is worry? Worry is simply meditation on the wrong thing. Well, Scripture says what you meditate on is what's going to make you strong or make you weak. Meditation on the Word of God does what? It produces faith. That's how faith comes, is by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Meditating on the Word, hearing yourself speak the Word. So the more you're hearing the Word, the more faith is coming. The more you worry or meditate on the wrong thing, the more fear is coming. So important. Because just like faith is the substance of what you're desiring, but you don't see yet, worry is the substance of what you don't want and don't want to ever see, but you will see it if you keep worrying about it. Amen. Why? Because it's a spiritual law. Faith is a law. Fear is a law. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Do you see that? So faith is that spiritual organ that I contact the spiritual world with. This is why faith is so important. Everything that any believer has need of is just in that realm. It's just in that realm. And faith, if I can say it this way, Faith is like that spiritual chain or that spiritual rope that you take and you attach it by your words and by your actions and by the way you conduct your life. When you, for instance, when you say, by his stripes I'm healed, that spiritual chain goes into that spiritual realm and hooks onto your healing. Amen. Now it's hooked. And the more you say, I'm the healed of the Lord, bless God, I'm healed, doing well in Jesus' name, then, that, then, that, then, then your faith starts pulling that towards you. It's hooked. It's right now. It's hooked. But when a person says, well, you know, I don't know, why is my healing taking so long? That chain goes slack. It quits pulling. Faith requires constant maintenance. I have to be using my faith on something every day. Every day is a faith day. Amen. I was sitting in, in my uh, uh, house one time uh, meditating on what I was going to minister. And I was reading Mark 11 again. And uh, the Woos Bible says uh, in Mark eleven twenty two that Jesus said, Have faith in God constantly. 
or have the faith of God constantly. And right then the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and He said, every day is a faith day. Every day is a faith day. You, there are no days that you're allowed to take off from your faith obligations. I have to be putting it out there every day. Why? Because every day I need to receive from God. There are things right now that you're believing God for and you're believing that they're going to come and every day you've got to get up and you've got to exercise your faith and you've got to lift your faith weights and you've got to do what needs to be done to exercise your faith. Why? Because when I don't, that chain goes slack and it slows the pulling of that thing to me. The Lord told Charles Caps, brother, brother Charles said, he went to the Lord and he said, Lord, it seems like things are not happening as fast as they were happening. And the Lord said this to him. He said, you've slowed down on your saying. He said, words are to your faith what thrust is to an airplane engine. The more thrust you give it, the faster you go. The more you're declaring what God said about the circumstance, or the more you're calling for what you have need of, the faster it's going to come to you. Amen. And that chain never comes unhooked. I've got to unhook it by what I say. I've got to unhook it by what I declare. It's so important. Because God does not have to create what you need. It's already there. It already exists. Amen. When someone uh, asks the Lord to heal them, He doesn't jump right quick and produce healing. It was already produced when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and paid for our healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My faith is what accesses that. And faith looks beyond. Faith sees into that realm of the kingdom, that realm of the spirit, and knows where what you need is and will bring it to you if you'll exercise it. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. My faith is bringing it to me now. Hallelujah. That's so important. In John chapter 16 and verse 7, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now that word reprove can mean convict or convince. So when we miss the mark, the Holy Spirit convicts us or convinces us of it. Amen. The Holy Spirit never condemns, thank God. But He convicts or He convinces. Now why is this important? When you're in faith about something and you see it in the Word, the Holy Spirit will convince you that that belongs to you. He'll convince you that that's yours. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit convinces you that you're righteous. And how are you righteous? By faith. But He'll convince you that you're righteous. 
the Spirit of God convinces you and proves to you a truth. He convinces you and proves to you a truth. When you see it in the Word of God, by His stripes I'm healed, the Holy Spirit will convince you and prove to you that's true. Hallelujah. So important. Because the Holy Spirit will aid my faith. He'll convince me that this truth. There are, listen, there are, I was talking to my wife yesterday, and I said, Michelle, this thing that the Lord's been telling me about, I am absolutely convinced. I said, they could put a gun to my head and tell me we're going to help you exit this natural world if you don't say you're not convinced. And I would have to say, do your best because I'm convinced that this is what God said. Well, who convinced me? The Holy Spirit. Amen. And when you're convinced, then you just put your faith on it and you're convinced that it's yours whether you see it yet or not. I'm convinced. Um, That's what the Bible says with Abraham. He was fully persuaded that what God had said, he was able to do it. Amen. And, and where a lot of people have a hindrance in their faith is they're not yet fully convinced. They've not let the Holy Spirit convince them. And someone will say, well, you know, I, I believe it's God's will to heal. I believe God can heal. I believe God will heal. That's not conviction. That's not being convinced. That's stating a truth. But because I know the truth, does not mean I'm convinced of it. Faith works best in a heart that is convinced about what they're believing for. Amen. Glory to God. Because I'm convinced. And and we'll see people take great steps of faith and and step out and do things and, and, uh, uh, you know, step out and, and, and do things by faith and, uh, receive things by faith that, that they should not have qualified for or whatever the case may be. What prompted them to step out and do that? It wasn't just that they were a great person of great faith. They were convinced. They were convinced that what God has asked me to do, He'll perform the doing of it. When God gives you a word, your job is to be convinced. This is what's going to happen. Amen. In Romans 9 and 1. Romans chapter 9 and verse 1. The Apostle Paul says, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. Notice, my conscience bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. So your conscience is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Reason is the voice of your mind. And feeling is the voice of your body. My conscience is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Reason is the voice of my mind and feelings are the voice of my body. Paul said, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying. 
My conscience bears me witness. Amen. Faith not only deals with promises, it's a dialogue in the unseen world. Doesn't just deal with promises. It's how you communicate in the unseen world. It's the dialogue in the unseen world. Faith. That means that faith is truth in the spirit realm. Faith is truth in the spirit realm. Very often when you hear people say things, they'll they'll say things, well, I'm taking it by faith. And, And what they mean is this, well, you know, I don't see it, but I'm taking it by faith. Well, that, that, that sounds good, but if you have it by faith, you have it. Amen. I may not see the manifestation of all of it yet, but here I go back to this example. If you believe you're healed, you believe you're healed. Not when the feeling comes or the symptoms leave, I believe I have it now. I may not see the manifestation yet, but if I stay in faith, I will see it. Amen. Romans 4 and 17. It says this, that before him whom he believed even God, who quickeneth the dead and does what? Calleth those things that be not as though they were. God creates things out of things that do not appear. Hallelujah. God said, call those things which be not as though they were. Now notice, what's your job? Call those things that be not, or call those things which do not appear as though they exist. Amen. See, faith looks beyond. Faith calls those things. And and we're going to simplify this in just a moment. Faith calls those things that be not or that are not evident as though they exist. Hallelujah. Call those things that are not seen yet, as though they were seen yet. That's faith. You call those things that are not seen yet, as if they are seen, or as though they were seen yet. Amen. It doesn't have to be seen for it to be so. And and you fill in the blanks. I am whatever the Word says I am. Whether I see it, feel it, experience it, I'm calling those things that are not yet as though they were yet. Amen. Because listen, in the spirit realm, you use a different language than you do in the natural realm. And, and, and here's why. 
Because spiritual things are different from natural things. You got to use a different language. If you want to carry on a dialogue in the spirit, you got to use the language of faith. That's what's understood in the realm of the spirit. Is the language of faith. And faith to many Unfortunately, believers is a foreign tongue. It's how we're supposed to live, but a lot of believers, it's a foreign language to them. I've used this illustration, but I'll use it again. Uh, Pastor Michelle and I were believing for a breakthrough in one of our children's lives. And uh, uh, the Lord had given me a, a statement. Now notice, you call those things that be not as though they were. And the Lord had said, when you think about this child... He said, you declare they are following the plan of God for their life. That's your response. Now notice, that's my dialogue in the spirit now. Now I'm speaking faith's language. And so I was was, uh, uh, in a place and we had some family and friends there. And and a family member asked me, they said, so how how is so-and-so, how are they doing? I said, they're following the plan of God for their life. And they looked at me and they said, well, now, I know what you're doing. I mean, you're being positive and, uh, you know, but really, tell me really, how are they doing? And I went like this. I went, well, okay. They're following the plan of God for their life. Well, I mean, you know, I wasn't trying to frustrate anybody. I was trying to be lighthearted about it, but they just kind of went, oh, you know, and just walked off. See, even people that are saved, they doesn't mean they necessarily know the language of faith. And when you're declaring the end from the beginning and you're calling those things that be not as though they were, there are people that will come around you and they'll and and you know they'll say things like you're in a dream world. You're just man. You you know you you are just you've went off the deep end with this positive stuff. And they think it's positive thinking. They you know they don't understand the language of faith. Faith calls things that be not as though they were. That's the language of faith. If you want to carry on a dialogue in the spirit. You've got to speak the right language. You've got to learn the language. If you want to carry on a dialogue in Spain, you've got to learn the language. Or wherever. Amen. If, 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 uh, if I go to Russia and want to carry on a dialogue, I better learn Russian. And, and depending on where you're at in a different country... There can be a different dialect of the same language. I've got to to learn what to say, how to say it. I've got to learn how to speak in the spirit realm. And many people are highly advanced in speaking in the natural realm and, 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 and less advanced in learning to speak the spiritual language. I've got to be highly advanced in faith talk. If you want to carry on a dialogue in the spirit, you've got to learn the language. When, when, when faith 
never calls things that are as they are. Ever. Because faith's always looking beyond. Faith doesn't deny what is, but it doesn't call what is as it is. It calls it as it will be. Do you see this? That's why when God saved you, you were anything but righteous, but He called you righteous. Right? And as I begin to believe it, and as I begin to walk in it, and I begin to declare myself that, lo and behold, I called those things that were not as though they were, and they were. See, my feelings changed to match what I was when I called things that to me were not, yet they were. Amen. For for my manifestation to match up to my revelation, I've got to keep speaking the faith language because I get a revelation that God wants all of my needs met. But then I go home and look at my checking account and my needs are anything but met. So I have a revelation, but the manifestation hasn't shown up yet. I've got to quit focusing on the manifestation and give more focus to the revelation and do what the revelation said and call those things that be not as though they were because all the riches that I need are in His riches, in glory, in Christ Jesus. And the more I learn the dialogue of faith, the more faith brings to me what I need. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Glory to God. And someone will say, well, how do you know that this is going to happen? Or how do you know? what well, you've called for it. You've declared it. You've said it. And Jesus said you'd have what you say. Amen. So it's coming right now. It's on the way. You are on a, a you are on an interceptive course with that thing right now. Whatever's coming your way, your words are drawing it to you. Your faith is bringing it to you. It will all go the way you say it's going to go because you're calling those things that be not as though they were. You're carrying on a dialogue in the spirit. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, And verse 18. Glory to God. I know you're believing with me. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18. Notice. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, But the things which are not seen are eternal. Uh, You can only look at what you cannot see by faith. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. You can only look at what you can't see by faith. And it says, because the things that are seen are temporal, temporary. One translation says, subject to change. 
Sickness is temporal. You want to know why? It can be measured. It's temporary. It can be measured. Uh, poverty is temporal. It's temporary because it can be measured. See, if you have sickness, then health is what is not seen yet. Health, healing, is eternal. So if you have sickness, then health is what's not seen yet. If you have poverty, then prosperity is what is not seen yet. Amen. The unseen world is a real existing world of divine truth and power. Which is trying to possess you and bless you. It's trying to possess you and bless you. Notice in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Verse 1 and 2. And, and you can write it down if you want. You don't necessarily have to turn there. We'll quote it. But it says in, in verse 1. It says if you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God. And obey all of his commandments which he's commanded you. Notice what it says. All these blessings will come on you and overtake you. Those blessings are trying to overtake me. Right now. In the spirit realm, those blessings are doing everything they can to overtake me. I've got to cooperate. I've got to call things that be not as though they were. I've got to call the end from the beginning. I've got to exercise my faith and enter into the dialogue of faith every day so those blessings can overtake me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In uh, Matthew 16, a familiar verse, but Jesus says in verse 19, And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you will bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. This is the spiritual kingdom that faith has a dialogue in. We've been given the keys. Now remember from 21 weeks on exercising our authority. We know that we've been given the keys to what? Authority. Spiritual authority. And in that series we talked about how faith is exercised through authority. Authority is exercised through faith. So we've been given the keys or the spiritual authority to operate in the kingdom of heaven. The spiritual kingdom that's trying to possess us and overtake us. I've been given the keys to operate there. Hallelujah. That's why we resist through our doubts. We resist through our fears. We resist through our unbeliefs. Because we have the spiritual authority to operate in that kingdom. Amen. So Jesus is saying here, 
I'm giving you the ability through faith, that spiritual force, to operate in this spiritual kingdom while you're still living on planet earth. So living here in the earth, I can operate in the kingdom. Because I've been given spiritual authority. I've been given the keys to the kingdom. And how do I operate in that kingdom? Through the dialogue of faith. I have the authority to be there. I have the authority to possess everything that's there. But it's going to come through the dialogue of faith. It's not enough just to have the key to get in there. I've got to know how to operate once I get there. Every believer on the planet has been given the keys to operate in the kingdom of heaven, but everybody is not utilizing those keys, and you see a lot of insufficiency, and you see a lot of things going on that should not be going on, but people are not exercising the authority using the dialogue of faith and receiving what God wants them to have. Faith looks beyond. Amen. You cannot please God without faith. And here's why. Because faith is the key that unlocks the kingdom. And Jesus said, fear not, little flock. It is my Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Faith is the key that unlocks the kingdom. I can have, Brother Hagin said something one time. People were talking to him about how expensive things were getting and how things have get, gotten so, so much more expensive. And he looked at him and he said, Boys, things cost the same today as they've always cost. They cost faith. That's it. It just takes faith. Every person that I've ever talked to that's done anything great for God, and, and I've been blessed to know many of them, They've said to me over and over again, it just takes faith. It just takes faith. That's all. Because that's the operating system of the kingdom of God. That's the key that unlocks everything in the kingdom and allows it to come to me, is my faith. That's why every day is a faith day. That's why you're operating your faith consistently. Amen. Faith is the spiritual dialogue that's operable in the unseen world. It's the spiritual dialogue that's operable in the unseen world. We get into this kingdom through faith and we get out of it with doubt. Doubt, uh, uh, when we talk about doubt, and we use that word doubting what God said. Well, remember that, that, that doubt is unbelief. Well, doubt is a lack of belief that Jesus will do what he said or that it has already been done. Faith assumes and perceives what God has said as real fact. Doubt causes you to disbelieve that what has already been done has already been done. I come out of the kingdom. I I move out of the kingdom. I don't lose my salvation. I just get out of the kingdom. When you were born again, I think I mentioned this Wednesday, when you were born again, you were not only forgiven and saved, you switched kingdoms. 
a lot of believers are born again and saved, but they haven't switched kingdoms. They're still operating in this kingdom. They're still functioning in this kingdom, meaning they're still looking for their supply and looking to this kingdom as their source. When I was born again, I was given the key, faith, that operates the kingdom of God. Glory to God. Do you see that? Faith looks beyond. In Hebrews 11.4, it talks about Abel. And it makes the statement concerning him that uh, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Abel's sacrifice was parallel to Jesus' sacrifice of his life. And there were two reasons God accepted Abel's faith, or his sacrifice, I should say. Number one, he gave it by faith, and faith pleases God. He gave it by faith, and faith pleases God. Secondly, Abel somehow understood the fact that his offering would be a substitute for himself. Somehow he understood that. And because the life is in the blood, the shedding of the blood of this lamb was accepted by God as a faith sacrifice. Now this is important where faith is concerned. Abel was saying to God, God, this offering is a substitute for my life. It'll not do me any good to die for you, so I give you the firstling of my flock. The blood is shed, and if you'll accept this as my faith sacrifice, you'll accept me. If you'll accept this as my faith sacrifice, you will accept me. Hallelujah. And God did it. He accepted Abel's sacrifice and accepted Abel at the same time. His sacrifice and him. You know, Jesus shed his blood so we could be accepted by God. We're accepted in the beloved because Jesus shed his blood for us. Amen. God accepted the sacrifice of Jesus and us too. Now here's why I went over that. Once you understand this, faith isn't hard anymore. Not hard. Faith is not hard, it's just different. Not hard, just different. Why is that? I say that a lot. Why is that? Because listen, living by faith, especially in the beginning, will very often go absolutely contrary to your natural man. Well, what do you mean I've got I've to declare I'm healed 
when I don't feel good and and I don't, you know, my temperature's rising and, and, and it's evident that what I, I'm, I'm sick. I mean, what do you mean I got to call those things that be not as though they were? I mean, that just doesn't make sense, right, in the natural world. But it's the dialogue in the spiritual world. Not hard, it's just different. Because... Pressure comes from the enemy. Let me me say this. I said this last night. Nobody really cares what you believe. It's the saying that they don't want you doing. The devil doesn't care what you believe. He just doesn't want you saying. Because once I start saying, I'm speaking the dialogue of the kingdom. I'm speaking the dialogue of faith. I'm going to start receiving And that's why the enemy has fought that so hard. And that's why people say things like, yeah, that name it and claim it bunch, that blab it and grab it, confess it and possess it. Well, they're derogatory towards it, but they don't understand the dialogue of the kingdom. They don't understand that they they have gotten everything they have said. Amen. There was a story one time, and this wasn't even, uh, 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 this was in the Reader's Digest. Uh, A woman kept going to the doctor, and she had fevers. And they couldn't find any reason for it. There was no infection, there was nothing viral in her body, but yet she had these bad fevers. And she would sit there in the doctor's office, And say, I'm just, I'm burning up. I don't understand. I'm just burning up. I'm burning up. I'm burning up. Feels like I'm on fire. I'm burning up. And finally, the doctor, who I don't even have any evidence that he was born again, he he finally asked her, he said, how many times a day do you say that? And she said, I don't don't know. I, I just. And he said, let's try something. Quit saying that. Well, you're probably jumping to the end of the story, and that's okay. But, you know, she quit saying that, and those fevers started lessening. And then finally, she went back to the doctor and was having no more fevers. No medication. Nothing medically. Just, just, I don't know if they knew the principles or not, or if that doctor knew the principles, but understand something. Sickness, sickness is brought on by a spiritual force called fear. And when that woman kept saying, I'm burning up, I'm burning up, I'm burning up, I'm burning up, then fear, which is a spiritual force, she was speaking the dialogue of fear, and it obliged her. Amen. And so the pressure comes from the enemy against your saying. Just don't say it. Believe it all you want, but just don't say it. No. Say it. You've got to say what you believe. You've got to declare what you believe. That's why I've been telling you that the word of the Lord has come. Uh, the, 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 The first thing that the Lord talked to me about was keeping that in your mouth. That this disease, this virus will be over much quicker than anybody thinks. You've got to fill your mouth with that and declare it. Yeah, but aren't you worried? I, I do not, I, I care not one iota 
as my mother would say, what people think about what I'm saying about what the Lord said. He said in 2 Chronicles 20, 20, imagine that, 20, 20. He said in 2 Chronicles 20, 20, believe his prophets and so shall you prosper. The man of God said, this disease will be over much quicker than anyone thinks because Christians praying have overwhelmed it. Now that's going to be true in my life. Because that's, that's a dialogue in the spiritual realm. Then the Lord said to me, He said, in the fifth month, the month of May, five is the number of grace. He said, in the fifth month, I will show my grace to a people who have largely forgotten me. Amen. And He said, but yet in the fifth month, I will show them my grace, my unmerited favor. And He said, and the church then must mobilize and tell them it was God that showed them this grace. And he said, the harvest of souls would be great. Now, I got to fill my mouth with that. I got to declare that. Amen. It's turn. Prophets are saying, it's turn. Men of God have said, it's turn. Yeah, but the news says, they're not speaking the dialogue of the Spirit. We are. This is so important. Because the pressure will always be there not to say it. When uh, Hezekiah, in the book of Isaiah, when Hezekiah uh, came against Judah, or not Hezekiah, the, the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, he came against Hezekiah and Judah, and he sent his emissary to talk to the, the Jewish people. And the, the, the uh, 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 scribe and, and Hezekiah's assistant, they went out and met with them. And they, they said this to this man. They said, uh, don't speak to us in the Jewish language. They said, speak to us in the Syrian language because we understand it. And uh, the enemy, instead of, of uh, going along with that, he got even louder in their language. And he said something. He said to the people on the wall, he said, don't let Hezekiah deceive you. In saying that the Lord will deliver you. He said because the gods of these other nations haven't delivered them. Man I was reading that yesterday morning. And I'd been asking the Lord. I'd been asking the Lord. Lord why are more ministers not grabbing a hold of what Brother Copeland said and declaring it. I have not heard anybody else declare it. I don't know that they're not but I haven't heard it. And I said why aren't they doing it. And man when I read that scripture, it went off in me. That man said, don't let Hezekiah deceive you by saying the Lord, by telling you the Lord will deliver you. You cannot let fear stop you from saying what God said. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, but you know, what if such and such don't happen? Wait a minute. What's the Word say? I go with what the Word says. Well, what if, it, what if something don't happen? The pressure's on the Word. It's not on me. It's what God said. It's not what I said. Amen. But for that to happen, i got to fill my mouth with it and declare it. The pressure is always on the speaking the enemy doesn't want you talking. He doesn't want you declaring. 
Because that's the dialogue in the Spirit. He can do nothing about faith. Faith will bring it to you. Faith is, faith is operable in the kingdom of God. He has no access to the kingdom of God. He can try to slow things down, but faith will get the job done. It will always get to you what God promised you. Always. Without fail. It never fails. I've had people say, well, that guy had a faith failure. I, I've got a whole teaching on, on, on why that is a myth. There are reasons people's faith fails, but it's not because faith failed. There were things they did that caused faith to fail. And, and you can get the series. But the point is, 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 is to understand a, a, a minister that I know. The Lord told him one time, he asked him a question. He said, son, he said, why do people's faith, why is it that people's faith fails? And he said, I don't know, Lord. And he said, uh, because they never use it. They don't live by faith. And then when a trial comes up, they try to use it, and they're not prepared. Every day is a faith day. I'm just going to be very honest with you. I've seen people that, that this season that we're going through hit, and it didn't move them. It didn't move them at all. They're full of faith. Then, unfortunately, I saw people that got scared, full of fear. They had not been using their faith. What has already been done will pull you through what you're facing. You got to put your faith in what's already been done. Because the work that is finished is what's going to pull you through. Amen. And you got to put that in your mouth and declare it all the time. Every time you think about it, if you think about whatever it may be, the situation that, 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 that the nation, the world is facing, if, if that tries to come up, it'll be over quicker than anybody thinks. Yeah, but what, what if some, you know, if, listen, it doesn't matter what anybody believes what, about what you're saying. I was talking to somebody on the phone, and, and they were talking about the certain thing. And I said, well, it'll be over quicker than anybody thinks. And it got quiet on the other end of the line. Well, what do I care if they disbelieve it? The, what's the Bible say? Should the unbelief of some make the faith of God of no effect? God forbid. So what if some didn't believe, Paul said? Should their unbelief... Make what I believe ineffective? Nope, won't happen. Amen. Glory be to God. I believe God. So say it out loud. My faith is working for me right now. My faith is bringing to me everything God desires me to have. And I declare that I'm thriving, that I'm succeeding. That I'm flourishing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, this keeps coming to me, and I've said this the last couple of services. Faith is the substance of your new house. Oh, thank you, Lord. It might really behoove you, and I know 
some personally that are believing for a, a new house, but this is just something the Lord's had me to say to everybody. It might really behoove you to sit down and draw out a floor plan. Start calling to you exactly what you want. No guesswork. No, well, it'd be nice. What do you want exactly? How big? How many rooms? Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. And it'll come to you in exactly that fashion. It'll come to you in exactly those dimensions. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I see, Lord, I see that. I'll do that. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. I'm even more sure of it now. Thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And there will be, the Lord says, a raising up. There will be a lifting up of those that stand in faith. There will be a raising up of those that stand for the Word of God and stand on the Word of God. For in a season such as this, I'm looking for people of faith that will take their stand and declare what I have said. For in the midst of what the world considers a travesty and in the midst of what the world considers a, a tragedy, I am going to show the light and the hope of the gospel. And I'll do it through those that exercise their faith. And as an aside to that, they will prosper, they will thrive, and they will flourish. And you'll see, you'll see in the next six months, many doors open, many doors of opportunity open. Many things that, that seem to be shut are going to open up. Oh, glory. And victory will be the result. Overcoming ability will be the result. Hallelujah. Don't get mired, the Lord says, in what is. Faith looks beyond. Faith sees the horizon. Faith sees the new day. Oh, yes. And as you enter into the dialogue of faith, we'll walk in it together. And we'll see great, 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 great things. Great, 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 great things. Great, 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 great things in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now manifest the doing of it. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Oh, glory be to God. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, we're sure glad you joined us tonight. So, so, so good 
to see everybody thriving and succeeding uh, just all the time. I, I want to be careful to focus on that. It's all the time. You're, you're always doing.